Uh, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the Sid Beef Podcast. This is a Beef Out of the Cannon episode. We haven't done these in, one of these in a long time. And uh, with me for that tonight is uh, from the They Must Be Destroyed on Site podcast, Mr. Lee Russell. How you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, happy to be back. Always happy to be uh, shot out of a cannon with you, Gary. So it's good oh, yeah. stuff. That'd be a clogged-ass cannon, dude. Trust yeah, it would be. <laughs> they, need, they need extra gunpowder for my fat ass. Yeah. You and me both. So, um, I have a lot to mention because we literally just recorded two days ago before this, so as far as, like, watching stuff, I haven't really gotten to a ton. But, Lee, what you been watching, man? Oh, I'll mention two things. One thing I'll just briefly say, uh, Death House, don't watch it. It's (laughs) it's bad, bro. It's bad. It's so bad. Uh, It's just, uh, it's almost like, I don't know, uh, the worst, like, Comic-Con or Fright Fest, like, slap in the face kind of thing it's, it's almost like uh they're they're basically just charging you to piss on you kind I of just, thing i don't i don't get it they have they have all these names and like you said these are people that frequent the same shows all the time so i'm sure they know each other and they're they're, they're you know get along well and they come into this movie that is based on a story by gunner hansen mm. And I wouldn't even put his name on this movie, but they did it just to have like a tribute and have him in hologram form at some point in this movie. And yeah, it's almost like a slap in the face to him to say, "Yeah, we took your story and made this prison movie, kind of with with all these people that you know, and did nothing with it." I mean, I like me some Gunnar Hansen, but I mean, this is not renowned screenwriter. Or director Gunnar Hansen. This is the guy who played Leatherface, Gunnar Hansen, who was who was very talented. But uh, that's not enough to sell me on this movie being a good idea. Uh, just no, and it was terrible. It's 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 so boring. It's so fucking boring and just uh, dime dime store fucking quality shit. Yeah, it's 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 not recommended. People people got really excited. Hey. It's on, I think it's on Netflix or something. Hey, it's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And I was like, just don't, just, just don't. Yeah. And it's just, it's kind of like the crazy Ralph syndrome. Like, it's, it's got a death curse. Don't watch that movie. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to decide on my own. They're like, you know what? It's crap. I was like, you know what? I told you so. You know, it's, it's a... Yeah. Uh, the other thing I watched was finally got around to watching Baby Driver, which, uh, yeah, kind of enjoyed. Um, it's got a great soundtrack anyway, and uh, although it's, it's one of those movies that is maybe a bit too in love with itself, with how fucking cute it is and how witty it is. You know what? I, the first time I watched it, I, I highly disliked it, but now I've probably seen it like at least six or seven times because I, I enjoy it more. Once once I look past you know how douchey that Jamie Foxx is, <laughs> and that, spoilers, he dies just like you want him to die. You know, and uh, yeah, and and, and uh, unlike you guys, I think you guys mentioned your last show though, how you you guys are not blinded by the ham. I'm I'm blinded by the ham. I'm 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 always good for John Ham and anything. You know. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I liked the bad guys in this. Uh, it was kind of neat how they sort of switched to the main antagonist was going to be by the end of it like mm-hmm. you're expecting jamie fox to be the bad guy throughout the entire thing and it's like no two-thirds of the way he's dead <laughs> yeah. so um although you know 
every time you see Kevin Spacey in a movie where he's like some sort of mentor or gr- grooming some young boy now, it gets a little creepy. But yeah, <laughs> other than that, easy, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> you, you do feel a little something, but you know, especially I, I haven't worked, I haven't rewatched American Beauty since mm-hmm. all that was found out. But yeah, it's a little. It might be a little strange now. His his infatuation with his with Thor Birch's more attractive friend. You know? Yeah, you know what the the movie reminded me of. Uh, uh, Baby Driver reminds me a lot of Lucky Number Slevin from years back. Yeah, uh, remember it. yeah, with Lucy Liu and uh, what's his face? Who well, yes. I can't remember. It's it's, it's uh, yeah. I forget. There's a lot of actors in that film that in that. Or actors of the time and look yeah. number Slevin. I mean, uh, I, can't, I can't remember the the main guy's name because he was he was supposed to be like a star, like it looked like he was going to be a big star, and then he just sort of faded in the background a little bit. But it, it does have like uh, Morgan Freeman in it, and um, goddamn Ben Kingsley, yeah. and yeah. But that also is like really snappy dialogue and hyperkinetic, and it's also got like a really great soundtrack too. So uh, that's why it reminds me. It'd, it'd probably be a good pairing, actually. Yeah, the soundtrack kicks, and you know what? If, if you watch it, as many times as I've watched it, you catch all the little Edgar Wright, little Edgar Wrightisms in it, like all the the cues, like the musical cues mm-hmm. lined up with whatever the guy's name is. Baby in this movie. That's not. I don't know if it's. I forget if that's his real name or not. No, I doubt it's it very just... much. Yeah, no, it's just uh, just a handily goes by. Yeah, <laughs> I hear that guy in real life is a real asshole. <laughs> the mm-hmm. actor, the actor that plays him, um, I heard that from somewhere. He's just a real jerk in person. But, um, yeah, I, I have fun with Baby Driver, and um, <clears throat> we had a plan to do that for an episode one day. If, if you'd like to examine that with uh, the the um, no, Baby Goose Ryan Gosling uh, picture drive, if you'd like to do that one day. Oh yeah, I mean we've already done Drive on uh, our podcast, but uh, I I I never get tired of talking about that film either. So we'll make it happen, man. Oh, like I said, I don't have a whole lot to talk about as far as what I watched. Um, I don't recall if I remember, um, if I mentioned Dumbo, the new Dumbo. Uh, I think I did last time, but yeah, I think I, you did. Yeah, I dug it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anything, nothing really to, to really crow about though, as far as like new stuff in the last couple of days that I watched. I had the intention of watching stuff, but we're gonna move on now and uh, get to the the beef bitches and mashed potatoes segment. Okay, who gets the burly uh, beef? I ordered barbecue beef. I think that's mine, but I didn't order fries. Barbecue beef. Mine's the deluxe. Okay, who gets the burly beef? Lee, anything, uh, anything, uh, hit your craw, brother? No, I keep coming on this fucking show and being really too positive for my own good, I think. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on. Uh, I, every time I show up on this show, I never have anything to bitch about, really. So, uh, same, same, same thing, uh, this time around. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't have, uh, too much to complain about for me directly, I, but although I've heard that Scream Factory, uh, <laughs> A company that people spend a lot of money into uh, is fucking up the Night of the Creeps orders again. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're supposed to get this 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 ugly looking Tom. It's like the one of the worst likenesses I've ever seen. Like it's like Migo poor uh, of this Tom Atkins figure. I guess 
they're all coming damaged to some people and late and blah oh. blah bullshit. So, Scream Fast, you can charge a lot of money for something. Get your shit together because you, you tear people's posters. It tends to make them a little angry, and that's why I don't order from you directly. So, there's, there's that. <laughs> yeah, I always, I always buy my Scream Factory stuff secondhand. Yeah, that's, most part. That's, that's a good plan, man. Yeah. I'm still looking for that Candyman disc, although I'll probably spring for the Arrow one, just because I think it's a better edition. Mm. But, um, yeah, next time I'll have more to talk about. I don't, you know what I really hate? Fucking trains. Yeah, trains Fucking. are awful. I, I live right next to train tracks. That's what you're hearing right now. Yeah. The, the soothing <laughs> sounds of the Hammond, Indiana train tracks, which uh, are quite extensive. I, I used to li- literally live at my house in, like, I'd say... The backyard led to train tracks, so it literally shaked my house, and you know, my uh, my best friend for a while uh, in in the town he lives in, he lives in several places there. But at one point, he lived right next to the train tracks, like the train tracks literally crossed his street that oh, he wow. lived on. So yeah, well yeah, more to come on that man. But uh, let's kick it into tonight's uh, selections. For the beef out of the can, and we might not even take a break for this first one. Um, we're doing two films tonight, like like per usual on this one, which they they kind of have a treasure hunting theme to them. Mm. The, the second one's not really defined, uh, but it has it has more to do with the Nazis than looking at yeah. the <laughs> Oh my gosh, we're doing a uh, Firewalker from uh, that's nineteen eighty six, is it? Yep. Yeah, and uh, River of Death. From 1989, that's a that's our first Dudikoff joint, and uh, it's it's a doozy, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, <clears throat> let's kick it to uh, old Firewalker first. We'll do it in chronological order, I guess, and uh, here's the trailer. history of adventure. I still live! It's a desert, Leo. Watch if it does a mech. No heroes ever have been more courageous. What is that? How the hell should I know? Matt, shoot it! More faithful. You stupid of Jane. More optimistic. We keep sticking our necks out and sooner or later somebody's gonna chop our heads off. Then Max Donegan and Leo Porter. I need a new plan. No, their friendship faces its greatest challenge. You're getting as bad as that fruitcake girl. Fruitcake? Wow. I'm a fruitcake? A woman of definite charms. You see, I've recently acquired a map, and I'm convinced it leads to a great amount of gold. And dangerous curiosity. I thought priests were supposed to be teetotalers. I thought nuns were supposed to be virgins. But Leo and Max have foiled countless encounters with death. I blame you for this. We're not dead yet. And they'd gladly run any risk. If there's ever time for a plan, it's now, Max. For the thrill of danger. The promise of excitement. And a mountain of treasure. There's better be some gold up here. Get your blood. I'm coming, I'm coming. Chuck Norris and Lou Gossett in Firewalker. Sipping champagne in fine restaurants, gambling in casinos. Man, I can't wait. I don't remember inviting you. Uh, Firewalker from 1986. 
Your cheap plot synopsis is this got a lot of slashes in it. A pair of adventurers try to track down an ancient Aztec slash Mayan slash Egyptian slash Apache horde of gold. That's a lot of slashes. Mm-hmm. Uh, this stars Cannon Staple, Chuck Norris. Uh, this also stars Lou Gossett Jr. Big cast this one. Melody Anderson, who you guys may know as Dale Arden from the Flash Gordon movie. Right. Uh, Will Samson, just fucking slumming in this fucking movie. He's in so many great things. Hey, just a year before he gets in Predator. Yeah. Well, that's Sonny Landham. Sonny Landham's in Predator. Oh, he, yeah. He shows up as El Coyote, uh, or the Cyclops. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, Cajun John Reese davies Corky, Corky <laughs> Taylor, you poor bastard. Uh, <laughs> Ian Abercrombie. This is a big cast. Way, 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 way better than it deserves. Uh, and at mm. some point in time, I, is it this one? Yeah, Robert Wall shows up. If you guys don't know who that guy is, you guys do. Because that's the guy with the scar on his face and, and Enter the Dragon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that's that guy. He, he acted in a couple other, other Bruce Lee films as well. But um, he shows up in a real small role in this one as well. And I'm going to kick it to Lee and ask what he thought about this uh, Hope and Crosby slash Indiana Jones kind of jumbled mess. What do you think, <sighs> sir? This one's really interesting because Cannon was, like, desperately trying to make a few dollars off of Raiders of the Lost Ark. So uh, they had, uh, what, King Solomon's Mines before this, I believe? Yeah, and uh, uh, Alan Quartermain stuff. Yeah, and the Lost City of Gold or whatever. Um, so this is almost like a ripoff of a ripoff at this point. Um, and then they've got Chuck Norris playing comedy for the first time in his career. Um, that actually kind of works for me because he's like, actually both our leads in both of our films we're doing tonight are basically fucking robots when it comes to acting. Uh, and so Norris here actually works as a straight man because he's just so fucking robotic as it is. So it, it, it kind of works to have like the rest of the movie just sort of bouncing off of him and reacting to him. Um, and he doesn't have to really react to anything except he just has to kick things once in a while. Um, I liked it quite a bit. I would say, uh, just in general, the movie is maybe a bit too long, but there's a lot of fun stuff in here and I'm sure we'll get into it as we start talking. But, um, for, for a canon picture, and I think this is one of their bigger budgeted ones too. Um, but it was also a box office failure, at least a considered one considering how much money they shoveled into it. I guess it's like the film that's credited with starting the downfall of Canon as far as, uh, bankrupting them. Um, but man, it's actually a fun production. You can tell they sort of like the people at least behind it, were having fun putting it together. And the director is Jay Lee Thompson, who did Cape Fear, Guns of Navarone. Uh, he did a bunch of, uh, fucking, uh, Charles Bronson's films, like The White Buffalo, St. Ives. He did King Solomon's Mines. Uh, he did Death Wish 4 and Kinjinte uh, or Kinjiti, whatever the hell the yeah, forbidden... Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, Messenger of Death. He did the last two Planet of the Apes films as well. Uh, and, but, and he somehow he's, he's slumming in this for canon. They must have paid him really well, I guess. But... Uh, uh, yeah, uh, just in, in general thoughts, this is pretty good, I think. I like also, it. Also, happy birthday to me, which is a favorite of some. I just think it's kind of okay. And yeah. W- one day we're going to do it, Jamie, and let me tell you, I'm going to disappoint you <laughs> when I think of that <laughs> ending. It's, uh, 
Wow. Yeah, Firewalker, you know, I, I've seen this I've seen this before. I never saw the second movie we were gonna do before. Um but uh this this is this is fun, but like Lee said, it's about it's about fifteen minutes too long. There's right. a lot there's some filler in there that really slows down the pace of the movie. But um, I think that in it, like like uh, as a box office failure, you know, they had to try real hard to do that, I guess, because this this is Lou Gossett Jr. and Chuck Norris in 1986. I, I think the first Iron Eagle had come out by then, and Officer and a Gentleman, and he's acted yep. in tons of Roots. I think he was. I'm pretty sure he was in Roots. T- tons of stuff that that would have made him a star and a viable box office draw. And Chuck is already a box office draw, so it just seems like a. a Really hard to fail, but apparently it did, and I, I love the way it, it starts. You know, with them being trapped in the desert by some, you know, random Asian uh, leader who shows up at the end of the movie as well. You know? Yeah, where, where where does this guy come from? Like, it, it it's just this like weird off. It, this is something Canon does all the time, by the way. And like, and if if you've watched enough Canon films, whenever they have an action film going. They'll just have random shit like this where they they have this Asian like warlord guy with a scar. He looks like he's just out of a, a cheap James Bond knockoff film. He he comes up in a dune buggy that's all tripped out like a, a friggin' um, Oriental. Uh, what what do you call those Oriental carts that they uh, rickshaw? Uh, Rick, yeah, rickshaw. He's, he's, it's all decked out like a rickshaw. And this is like the end or the middle of some other adventure that uh, Norris and Gossett Jr. have just been un- in on, and it has really nothing to do with the rest of the yeah, film. You have no idea what it's about. You never find out what it's about. This is just some random baddie that, like, yeah, I foiled you again. I, t- I tied <laughs> you into the, the desert with a bottle of Perrier that you cannot drink. and Right. Uh, and then Chuck pull, pulls the ultimate baller move. He crushes the bottle of Perrier in his hand to use it as a knife, I guess, just to... <laughs> Get loose, you know. And then Gossett Jr. complains that they broke the water bottle and they can't. They got nothing to drink in the desert. Yeah, you know, you gotta <laughs> love the. They have they have great chemistry, and I'll, yeah. I'll give that to to Firewalker. The plot is is hokey. It gets to where it's going, but you know, the, the whole plot of the movie. If you guys haven't seen Firewalker, which if you guys want to watch it, you guys have a Star subscription. You guys can watch it for free right now as we're recording this podcast. Is that Melody Anderson is a uh, you know your your typical damsel in distress mm. who has a treasure map and decides say hey let's go find this ancient treasure that may or may not be protected by a cyclops. <laughs> the, the cyclops in question is Sonny Landham, he may know from Predator and um, uh, Forty Eight Hours of course and a couple of the rando things. He didn't act very much, but he did some porno. I hear you know that that's that's <laughs> something he did before. Um, our Cyclops in question is played by Aztec warrior and, and I possibly bounty hunter. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Sonny Landon, who wears an eye patch. Yeah. He keeps switching it from side to side. So, you know, <laughs> it is never revealed like the other eyes. Like, yeah, he's got one eye supposedly, but he keeps switching his eye patch. And cause you know, acting it's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know and, uh, if this was, I don't know if this is an inside joke in the movie or not. I couldn't tell you, Lee. Go ahead, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know if you know if maybe if they reversed the uh, <laughs> if they reversed the shot by mistake or if they just weren't paying attention. I assume they were just weren't paying attention because it was a canon production. So it's like who cares? Uh, but 
or or maybe there's like some hidden uh, uh, head canon here that uh, his character is sort of like Doctor Doom, where he's actually not disfigured. He just has like a little scar on his face, and the whole mask thing is like some deep psych psychosis thing going on and the eye patch is that for this guy where he he just he just puts it on whatever eye and oh my eye is gone and and that's why he hates the world and he wants to kill all the white people i don't know <laughs> i think it's just poor editing liam just throwing it out there because okay. there, there is a scene where they do show him switching this eye patch to the other eye yeah <laughs> visibly you know? <laughs> Yeah, so they're going to go find this treasure, which, you know, they, they you know, of course, have a, a myriad of clues going, while going throughout the different different areas. And they, of course, run into John Reese davies you know, because they need somebody from Indiana Jones in this movie who's who leads uh, th- these these native people. Apparently, he's, he's some kind of like God or something to them. Maybe he's like God, God Goldenrod, like in uh, Return of the Jedi or something. Right. You know? I don't know why he leads. He has like some kind of throw these people, but uh. When he talks to our, our our intrepid heroes, he has a Cajun accent. Yeah, which, which loosely, really, loosely. Really awkward. Yes, very loosely, yes. <laughs> like, I, I give him more than, like, three lines to say, and it just falls apart. Like, that accent just doesn't hold up at all. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, they, 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 you know, they go throughout the area. Of course, Lou Gossinger disappears through half the, the second half of this movie. They think he's eaten by a crocodile, but wouldn't you know it, he's kidnapped by the Cyclops. Mm-hmm. Uh, El, El Coyote. El uh, Coyote, sunny, yeah. Sonny Landum, who's all decked out now and feathers and wants to sacrifice the, of course, Daniel in distress. And uh, wouldn't you know it, the the end happens and there is a treasure. And, you know, they're living like uh, <laughs> like the end of trading places in this movie. <laughs> Yeah, there and there is some like uh, there's a little bit of magic in this film too. So yeah. like, so El El Coyote uh, he can do some spells and stuff. At one point, he uses a snake to like conjure or mind control a woman to try to seduce Chuck Norris and and kill him. Um, and he takes a bullet and keeps on ticking. You know, he does a little bit of a Friday the Thirteenth there. You know, kind of survives a few. Uh, few fatal wounds that would kill normal people before he gets taken down. Um, I, I, I want to, yeah. I'm sorry. I was going to say, um, it is, it is amusing. Like the, the stuff they throw in here, it's just whatever random things they thought of. I, I don't know how much, like there was three script writers on this, I believe, or maybe more. So it, it just feels like they just had like a writer's room and they were just pitching ideas and they, they had they just put them all in like they, it's like they didn't cut anything out I don't think <laughs> I have to tell you my favorite scene in this movie is and it's had nothing to do with like Chuck Norris because there's many you know upfront Chuck Norris cross kick uh, shots in this movie yeah because you have to have them but there is a scene in which Will Sampson our bootleg medicine man is having a psychic war with with uh, El Coyote mm-hmm. he knows what I'm talking about right Lee <laughs> oh yeah I know what you're talking about. It looks a little fishy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to like speak of this, but you know they, they go. And I, Will Sampson is hammering it up in this movie, and I, I I I applaud him for for having a sense of humor. But at the same time, like yeah, you're you're ten bears, brother, and uh, and Josie Wales. Yeah, well, why are you making Joseph about fucking Lucy? He's like, yeah, well, I've gotten rid of her a long time ago. Yeah, yeah but 
if, if, she, if I have a woman talk to me like that, I cut her nose off. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and oh, and how do they buy? How do they buy his help with a bottle of whiskey? Because that's what you do. Because Indians are all drunks. I mean, that's that's the way it is, right? They're all about the fire water, man. And, yeah. And they're all about magic dust, which you know they they give him some some magic dust in a pouch because all, <laughs> all Indians have that on the ready as well. I'm sorry, Native Americans. But yeah. This is 1986. So they don't care about all that because. We'll get to the next movie where they just, you know, call well, if, if you want to talk about natives, goddamn, okay, you know. Yeah, <laughs> if if that if that's your if that's your pet politically uh, uh, correct issue, <laughs> the next movie is definitely not one you want to watch. It's gonna hurt your feelings, my friend. <laughs> let me tell you. Oh man, but Firewalker, it's, it's a fun. It's just a fun buddy movie, man. And I, I I recommend watching it. Take it with the grain of salt that there's some filler in there, which should make this movie like an hour and 26 minutes. But I think uh, the, the reward is worth it. And it's a shame that it wasn't a success when it clearly should have been because yeah. these, these, they're, they're two main stars. You know, they had great chemistry and they're both economically viable in 86. And uh, Well, I mean, nor, I mean, yeah, uh, Gossett Jr., like he's, he's a big name star at this point. Norris in his own right is a big name star and he's definitely one of the two biggest names for canon like him and him and uh charles bronson are the men like mm-hmm. fucking running that company or you know keeping it afloat and i saw a budget estimate for eight million dollars i don't know how true that is but Especially apparently with them yeah i mean you never know because they're always they were always cooking the books but uh the box office was around 12 million so who knows where they sort of, you know, sent some of that money, you know, how they were always, like, making movies just to, like, funnel the money somewhere else and uh, all that underhanded stuff that uh, our good friends at Canon used to do. Um, I do I do want to mention that uh, I love the uh, the uh, re- requisite bar fight that uh, they get into um, with uh, the big uh, South American stuntman who's been in a shit ton of things. Uh, I, think it's, I think his name's Miguel... Something like that. I I forgot to put his name down, but he's he's very recognizable. He's this big yeah. giant guy, and also uh, apparently Jerry Seinfeld's South American half brother was was available. Uh, <laughs> that guy in the in the checkered shirt. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that that was good. Um, th- there's a there's a scene where all these soldiers uh, chase them while they're dressed as missionaries through a banana field, a banana tree field, I guess it is. And, uh, there's this one tequila chugging guy. He's like the soldier who's sort of uh, sitting back from all the rest of the soldiers, chugging a bottle of tequila, uh, with gusto. Sort of looks like a central American rapist, Lou Albano kind of thing. Like, man, that sounds sexy. (laughs) I gotta say, you know, (laughs) <laughs> so there's just, just fun little things like there's a vw bug in this that's all camoed out that is like i kind of i kind of dig that it, it looked it looked kind of neat uh, there's just there's just fun things in this movie that you don't expect to see and uh, again it goes back to like i think all the writers had different ideas and they they kept them all like they just <laughs> i I, th- I think that you know i, I mentioned the hope of crosby stuff and that that's that it really works in that sense of this movie if you think about this is like that kind of deal with them. I wish there was more of these movies, but it, it, mm-hmm. didn't, know what, it didn't know what kind of movie it really wanted to be because <laughs> the comedy stuff was there. But then again, they tried to make it like a serious action movie with like some supernatural elements. Yeah. But, but I'll tell you right now, if you ever want to see Lou Gossett Jr. 
giving somebody the last rites as, as in Pig Latin. <laughs> this is the movie for you people, okay? <laughs> Say something Latin. <laughs> oh, man, it's funny. I, it's, it's worth your time. I, I think there's a DVD that Kino put out, but not a Blu-ray. So if you guys uh, can get your hands on it. Yeah, there there is like there's a, about a million DVDs of this, and there's an olive film Blu-ray from oh, okay. 2015 that you can find as well. Yeah, yeah, olive's wow. a, a, a respectable label. You know, they, they mm-hmm. put out you know good-looking prints with no extras, but I, I, I love them for that. Yeah, I mean that's fine. Keeps the cost down. <clears throat> oh man, but if you had to give Firewalker a rating, what would you give it one to ten? Um, I had a lot of fun with this first time watch for me, and um, I wasn't expecting a lot. Like I was like, okay, this is just going to be a really boring retread. I, I was sort of had in the back of my head thinking that, and I got into it, and I was like, ah, you know what? Fucking Norris and Gossett Jr. are sort of firing on all cylinders here as far as the buddy comedy stuff goes. There's a lot of fun stuff in it, and uh, if it was a if it was a little shorter, I might bump it up to an eight. But uh, I'm going to sit at a seven with this one. I'm right there with you. For it, it, it was doing what it was trying to do, and uh, like I said, that it, we said the runtime is, is is a problem. So a little bit more cleaner editing of you know what went into this picture could be a lot. Would do it a lot better. So if you're out there, you want to make a, a different cut of this film, uh, it might bump it up to an eight. But I'm I'm with Lee with that seven. It's it's a, uh, it's very serviceable. So if you guys haven't seen Firewalker, you want to watch like a fun, you know, '80s action movie with some some good comedy in there. I mm-hmm. I, I was laughing, you know. So, yeah. Uh, check it out. But um, yeah, we're just gonna run right through this. Uh, our our second feature, of the night. Is a Michael Dudikoff picture as his first first time on this uh, podcast ever, Mister Dudikoff. Wow. And so after all these episodes, um, <clears throat> it's from nineteen eighty nine. It's called River of Death, and um, deep in the heart of the Amazon jungle lies a world of beauty and of fear. A place where great fortunes can still be found. We are talking about the lost city you may have found off the Rio de Morte, Mr. Hamilton. And great mysteries hidden. It's a myth, Hamilton. Forget it. I have maps that located. John Hamilton is a lone adventurer who has stumbled upon a terrible secret. You're really going back there, aren't you? Just give me what I need. Some want to buy him. He's prepared to pay $15,000. And I'm prepared to accept fifty. Some want to sell him out. Someone stabbed at the crew! We're losing power! But he must return to find the truth. Let me warn you, anything that you find belongs to the state. No! He's dead! Why are you so cold-blooded? Bergens is paying me, but you? It's not like Bergens is your type. What is my type? What you really want. You won't stop us, Hamilton! This country is going to be ours! 20 years, no one has come for us. Now I am ready to strike. Burn in hell, both of you! 
Dudikoff, Robert Vaughn, Donald Pleasance, and Herbert Lom in a film based on the best-selling thriller by the master of suspense, Alistair MacLean. River of Death. Here for a second. All right, here we go. River of Death from 1989. Uh, his plot synopsis is: An adventurer decides to go in search of the lost city in the Amazon jungle. A motley crew of other people with reasons of their own decide to join him for the wealth of the lost city. But to their horror, they find out that they have a bit more than they they have bit off more than they can chew. Speak, asshole. <laughs> what were the Nazi? What were the Nazi doctor still doing his experiments on people in the same place? See, they don't explain too well what happens in the first part of the. There's like a cold open to this movie in which Nazis start like a super disease to, mm-hmm. to continue their look for the master race, and that's how this movie starts. And uh, this stars Michael Dudikoff, like I mentioned, Donald Pleasance, Robert Vaughn, yeah. Herbert Lum. Mm-hmm. Uh, LQ Jones, who I, I've seen in a few things, and this, a, this oh, I'm sorry. I was just gonna say uh, this cast is fucking great. It is. A, it is a great cast, and uh, it's, we'll we'll find out if it's the movie that it deserves. <laughs> what do you think of this movie called River of Death? Oh my god, um, that synopsis you gave. I don't think this movie gives a clearer synopsis of what the fuck's going on half the time. Um, this movie, okay, this movie makes a critical mistake right off the bat by showing us the Nazi storyline. Um, this is something they should have, like, kept yeah. under wraps. And, you know, it would have made the ending much more interesting. Um, as much as I like seeing uh, Donald Pleasance, you know, wear a Nazi uniform and and sort of camp it up as a, as a Nazi because he's done that several times in his career, and and he and he always sort of hits it on uh, all cylinders when that happens. Uh, Robert Vaughn, he's like, fuck it, I'm not I'm not doing an accent. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is paying my bar tab. I'm not doing a fucking accent, and. Uh, Apparently he played Hitler the same year in some other film, so he's got the haircut already. He just shaved the mustache, basically, is what it is. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the the opening of this movie is like once you get into the jungle stuff with Michael Dudikoff, then you get one of the other critical failures of this film, and it's Michael Dudikoff's fucking voiceovers. Oh, I hate it because I hate, I hate the inner monologue. I don't know. They they must you know it, it's it's probably they did it in post right, and they probably got him in like half whacked out on quaaludes or some <laughs> shit because he just comes in and he's like, and then we went to the jungle and then we went looking for the lost city and, uh, and I'm like speak the fuck up. I'm trying to figure out what the plot is and. It's not helpful, especially when, like, the first part of the movie where he is initially with the doctor and his daughter and they're in the jungle looking for the lost city. It just goes from random scene to random scene, and and it just makes no sense. It's, it looks like it's a bunch of B-roll that was, they... That, it was, uh, the end of the movie is... is, is that, that beginning part, I think, is just the service to, to this girl character. yeah. He's pretty worthless anyway, you know. Every character in this movie, except for Dudikoff, is worthless because nobody's safe. As you go through this movie, you quickly discover nobody is safe and nobody gets any depth either. 
really. I mean, new character shows up, new character dies like 30 minutes later. Like it just there, there's so many people that get on the, these guys team once uh, like Donald Pleasant's again, like he plays one of the Nazis. Robert Vaughn is the other Nazi. And in the sort of uh, opening uh, part there, Vaughn turns on Donald Pleasance and shoots him in the kneecap so he can escape on his plane to South America and keep his uh, uh, disease, germ warfare, whatever uh, thing going on. For really really no reason he shoots him. He's just kind of like, you know what? Not if room on the plane, I'm going to shoot you in the kneecap, you know? Donald Pleasance wants is some pussy, too. Like, they have the initial conversation. Donald Pleasance is like, I'm funding your plane ride to South America, and we're going to escape the Nazi regime uh, being torn down, and we're going we're gonna to escape to South America, South America together. You're going to keep making your diseases or whatever fucking weird shit you're into, and I'm just going to get lots of pussy. Like, that's literally what pretty much they say. And then when it comes to shift like three seconds later shift to a new scene and they're trying to board the plane and Robert Vaughn shoots him in the kneecap and it's like fuck you bye and then Donald Pleasant's like I'm gonna get you and then they immediately jump to 20 years later like <laughs> I don't know I don't know Let's, this is I'm sorry go ahead I was gonna say this is based on an Alistair McLean novel too uh very loosely based, as far as I can tell. I've ne- I've never read this one, but I mean, Alistair McLean is did like you know, um, Where Eagles Dare and and stuff like that. Guns of Never Never Own. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe this is one of his, his lesser novels, or they just bastardized it for you know whatever reason. Because again, like I said, a, a lot of this feels like. Uh, like they lost half their footage and they just filled it with B-roll shots of Michael Dudikoff sweating in the jungle. Now, now I know, I know Pleasance was wearing a wig in this picture. He, he mm-hmm. a bad, bad, really bad rug. Now, now do oh, you, yeah. do you think that Dudikoff was wearing a wig in this movie? Um, he could have been, but I don't think he was. His I hair just was think... just really messy then. It just, it looked, it looked oh. like, it looked like a wig on top of his hair. I couldn't tell for sure though. It might have been. That's another thing about this movie. There's there's some instances where here where it's supposed to be set in the 1960s, the majority of the movie, but a lot of people have 1980s hairstyles. <laughs> like like one like one of them, um, the uh, the young girl in the uh, the opening of the film who sees her uh, her dad, who's the good Nazi who gets shot, uh, quote unquote, good Nazi who gets shot, uh, and she shows up as an adult later in the film and play she's that, playing that long con there, Lee, you know? Yeah. And she, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Cause she's, she's fucking Donald Pleasance to, to, to get into this possession position so she can, uh, get rid of these guys. And she's got a, like a, she's got a straight up like Bridget Nielsen haircut. Yeah, right? It's like, it's like shaved at the side and hanging on the side there. That's, that's an eighties like, do man. Yeah, she she should she should be in like Beverly Hills Cop two or whatever the fuck, right? And like, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, this fucking movie, like 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 Lisa, that cold opening just just doesn't work. It, it just sets up the fact that it, this worthless female character who doesn't do much at all except like follow them around until you get to the very end and say, by the way, you were watching the whole time. My father got shot in the head, so I, I must kill you too. Mm-hmm. All that sex over the last twenty years means nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, however the fuck long it's, 
they never really give a year of uh, when, when I, I guess you have to look up in your, in your history books when, when the Russians occupied Nazi territory because they made a point to say they were the Russians because, you know, I guess this is the 1980s and they had to implement the Russians in there somewhere. Yeah, the they, Cold well, War. Yeah, like they have to mention the Russians even though the movie itself is set in the 1960s and it just kind of like, okay, that doesn't make much sense why you'd mention that other than... <laughs> other than Reaganomics, I guess I don't know, um, but yeah, this this movie really suffers badly, and like the director is fairly competent. Like yeah. he, he he Steve Carver he he came up under Roger Corman. Um, he did the Arena with uh, Pam Greer and that. Uh, uh, he did Big Bad Mama, um, but then he went on to do um, Jocks <laughs> with probably the. Uh, Christopher Lee's uh, most embarrassing moment on film. Really, I haven't um, seen this movie. He's in that movie. He's in that movie briefly, but uh, it, it's it's a terrible look, film. Look, look how deep this cast goes, though. Perry Lang, mm-hmm. Richard Roundtree, R.G. Armstrong. I, I kind of want to watch this movie now. It's it's, <laughs> it's got a lot of good good actors in it, but it's man, it's 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 special. Um, <laughs> But Steve Carver, he also did uh, one of the best uh, Chuck Norris films, Lone Wolf McQuaid, too. Um, so, he, yeah, so here he's just, he's really slumming it for canon. Like, this just feels like, I mean, this is, you know, near the death throes of canon anyway. Um, but, man, nobody cared on this production, I don't think. And then Michael Dudikoff, I mean, I dig him in some stuff, but he's way even more wooden than um, Chuck Norris is. And here he's just not only is his monologues where he's doing the voiceovers, is he mumbling in those? He's also mumbling half the time when he's talking to everybody else and everyone else is just acting circles around him. Like Donald Pleasance is obviously having like fun. Like this is just a paycheck between Halloween paychecks, basically. Yeah. But 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 he's he's obviously having a lot of fucking fun. Robert Vaughn don't give a shit. Herbert Lom is fucking acting up storm in this. He's doing great. Like, he, he thinks he's in fucking Casablanca or some shit, you know? Like, <laughs> he's doing great. LQ Jones is fun in this. I, I love him. He's just like this snaky, sneaky, slimy guy. Um, he, he's, he's having fun in it. But then everybody else is just like, they show up and get killed. Like, there's these interesting Nazi hunter characters. Uh, and, and the chick, like, she's both super hot and, like, a badass. And then they just kind of die, like they get beaten to death by the natives at one point, and and, and it's so quick, like you do, you almost miss it. Like several characters just die like super quick, unexpectedly. Like there's no, um, no sort of like traditional story beats that you're used to in those in, in films like this, where uh, you you know the setups where people are actually going to die. Like they just die, like it just it just happens like randomly, and it, it it kept me wondering like what the fuck is going on? Like they're just padding out time here because this is another movie that's way too long. Like they could have knocked a legit twenty minutes off of this, and it probably would have worked better. Let's talk about how we got to those natives because this whole the whole. I want to say plot, this real thin, this fucking plot of this movie, like the the, the main crux of this movie, is that I, I guess that he he went to this, try to find this lost city of gold one time, of course was accosted by the native people, who mm-hmm. of course all have spears and bows and arrows, and you know, it's very, they're very, you know, like the beginning of Raiders natives in this movie. <laughs> Although, the ones that are Raiders you get to see for about a whole two minutes, 
this one you get to see him through like the whole the whole second and third act of this movie. Yeah. Just just different ones and different colored body paint and uh I, I will give this though. There is a there is a pretty brutal scene in the movie where you mentioned like anybody could die at any time. Yeah. There's there's the scene where they're holding I forget the the the, the guy they were holding up because this movie's it just came and went with me. Um mm-hmm. but they're they're beating him to death while holding him with, with whatever whatever hammers they have, you can see the impact that's going into the body, so that's that level of brutality I appreciate, you know. You don't get to see like him, you know. It's not like the Eli Roth proportions, but it's known that he's getting beaten to great pain. Yeah, that's like the one. That's kind of like the one scene in this that approaches like uh, the old sort of cannibal exploitation stuff from a few years back. You know, like the the Italian stuff before this. You know. Yeah, so he gets chartered by by Donald Pleasance's character, not 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 knowing he's a Nazi. Uh-huh. To uh, go 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 find this uh, Amazon city of gold again because he has that cliffhanger moment in which he lost somebody that he he is convinced is alive or something and or or maybe I don't know there's there's some leprosy about in this movie and this is their their big plot I guess to, to use this chemical warfare to make less lepre- people into lepers and yep and it's like a, it's like such a throwaway thing too it's like oh she's wait. He goes back to the camp again, and guess what? She's alive, but she's infected by the same virus that Robert Vaughn was impl- implementing in, you know, the last thing, because... It, it makes no sense. Like, why did they even keep her alive? Like, they don't even... They just throw it away. It's, it's, it's yeah. nothing. It's nothing. Like, it, I, I totally forgot about her, actually. By the time she shows up again, it's like, oh, yeah, her. Um, because she's only in the movie, like, for five minutes about screen, of screen time, right, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And, like, in the opening, you think she's going to be the main, you know, the main, main female lead or whatever. And it's like, <laughs> this movie's like, there ain't no main female lead in this film, pal. Like, just <laughs> just get that out of your mind. Um, sh- she basically has a brief little fling with uh, Dudikoff um, that lasts about three seconds. She basically gets her shirt off and he gets to feel up her titty a little bit, and that's about it. And... Apparently this is this big love affair where he's got to go find her because he's a dick actually he he just leaves her like <laughs> he runs away and if you notice uh, when they get captured uh, at the beginning of the film and they get thrown in that hut and he's like all right I'm gonna start a fire and and to distract the natives and then we'll escape the hut they didn't need to start a fire to, to attract the natives or you know distract them or whatever they could have silently broken out of that weak ass hut. And escape that village. They would have had way better chances. But no, he had to set fire to the fucking thing. And everybody in that village all of a sudden was like, oh shit, there's a fire. And oh look, the white people are running away. And then they chase him down. It's like everything he he did was, was it was his fault basically that she got captured. So now the the, the huts in this film are very flammable, but they're not they're they're, they're apparently they're bulletproof though, because mm. you could take cover behind a hut in this movie. In a machine gun fire and not get hit by a bullet because yeah, that's how <laughs> physics works in this movie. That huts are bulletproof, but they're not fireproof, and neither is Dudikoff's hair just fucking looking like Bose of the Clown after a while in this movie. That's why I thought it was a wig because it was just kind of like poofing out. And uh, could have been you. Know, you never know. Like this, this feels like a film that probably had a lot of reshoots too. So mm-hmm. it, it might have been like <laughs> it. It might have been like. Um, 
<laughs> samurai cop situation. Yeah. Where they had to come back and his hair was totally different. It it is a fucking mess though, man. And I, I, I can't I can't get over it. You know how on, on paper this should have been a great film. But yeah. in reality it's it's it doesn't know it it doesn't I, I don't want to say it doesn't know what it wants to be, but it, it doesn't have a cohesive enough storyline for you to follow it and enjoy it. Because it's, yeah. just, it's just all over the place. And it wraps up too quickly, too. It's like once they get to the end, it's like you don't really see a lost city so much. It just, it's just like, oh, we're in the Nazis' lab. Here's the ending. People die. Dudikoff wins. The and end. And there's no treasure. Not, not like at the end of Firewalk where they find a great treasure. And hmm. I, I guess that's supposed to be like his karma for being a dick. I, I guess, <laughs> yeah. No, no treasure for Dudikoff, you know. He's yeah. a a dick who leaves his his his, uh, his leper, you know, cop in a field, possibly mm-hmm. fling, you know, behind and and um natives run around with righteous native butts in this movie and mm-hmm. if you're offended by the the word native or these people, I wouldn't watch River of Death because there's a plenty of them in here. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember if they say savages at some point, but they probably do. I don't think they say. I, I don't think they say savages. Oh, okay. Maybe, but I, I don't recall them saying the word savages. Uh, I, I know some of the. I know at least one of the tribes is a cannibal tribe, though. Right? Yeah, they they do mention that that they they only eat you if you're their enemy. Well, you know what? <laughs> you're white, so you're probably their enemy. That was a bad mistake to begin with. Oh my god. Oh. You fucking ham, Dudikoff. Uh, mm-hmm. This this does have a Kino Blu-ray, so if you guys want to go yep. check that out <laughs> on your own, and uh, for, prove us wrong, go, go go spend money on River of Death, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about that later. I can't, I don't know how this movie got a Blu-ray. I've seen I've seen stills from it too. It looks really good. <laughs> <laughs> what do you give it one to ten, Lee? Uh, I can't give this one a pass, man. Um. I, I'm willing to go about as high as a three, just be, just for it, it's basically if you're into like Donald Pleasance, uh, you know you're a completist of his films, or maybe Robert Vaughn. Although Robert Vaughn don't give a shit in this film, and he's not really worth watching. Um, but Donald Pleasance and Herbert Lom at least make this halfway's watchable when they're on the on the uh, screen. Like, Herbert Lom at one point, like, guns down a whole tribe with a machine gun. Yeah. And it's it's pretty cool. It, it is pretty awesome. So if, if you're up for, like, moments like that, then it might be worth checking out. But, um, yeah, three. I'm going to give it a three out of ten. Yeah, I can't go no higher than that either. It's just, it's just a mess. But, you know... This is what Canon did, though. They got a bunch of old actors and sometimes old directors to be in their mm-hmm. movies, and they show up and they give exemplary performances for the most part and and shit movies. And I think that we'll get into a couple more of those for sure. I know, I know, Elliot Gould makes an appearance in at least one of these movies. Oh god! And he's trying so hard, and I don't think it's very good. <laughs> my, my darling Shiksa or something like that. I forget what it is, but. It, uh... Yeah, yeah, don't, yeah, watch it if you want, but I don't recommend it. You'll have a whole lot more fun with Firewalker. Mm-hmm. But uh, with that, we're going to come back after this break and close out the show. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? 
Why not try? They must be destroyed on sight. The new podcast cure all, sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of They must be destroyed on sight. As needed, and let the hosts Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host cure what ails you. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. Alright, Lee, um, thanks for coming on for this beef out of the cannon episode i love these i love these filler episodes he, we love to hate him people but lee's, <laughs> lee's here and uh i'm gonna let him pimp his stuff right now yeah uh always great to be on thanks for having me um so if you want to find me and find my podcast uh you can go to tmbdos.podbean.com where we do a little bit of everything uh we we tend to look for obscure older stuff that maybe some people have not seen we we do quite a selection of different stuff though and pretty much every genre i think the only thing we've never done is like a musical <laughs> although i guess technically um we we just did buster scruggs and you could kind of call that semi-musical at least from the the initial segment anyway um i, I, need, but, I need i need more tim blake nelson singing cowboy in my life you know yeah yeah uh it works for me man um but yeah you can find that uh at tmbdos.podbean.com where you can find our main podcast they must be destroyed on site and our little side podcast as well we have one now that uh, uh, Daniel uh, my co-host wanted to do which is called Cape Shit where we're going through all the Marvel superhero films uh, one film at a time in chronological order and that's just like a series where every once in a while we'll do one when we have the time to do one so it's not like a set in stone every week kind of thing. And every month I do a soundtrack show, uh, basically a sort of a radio format kind of thing where I just, I, I play music, uh, soundtrack and scores, uh, from films that I like. And usually they're a themed show, you know? So, uh, and that's called blood on the tracks and that's a once a month thing. So there you go. So sometimes he resurrects the, the Wolfman Jack, and he also resurrects Macho Man Randy Savage on occasion too. So that's mm-hmm. I have <laughs> I have I have Macho Man on uh, retainer, and uh, Wolfman Jack is a well. Uh, my my Wolfman is not Wolfman Jack; it's uh, Lee Van Teeth. He's yes. the uh, he, he's the last uh, rock and roll Wolfman out there. Well, except for the one Court Psyops says there, uh, Werewolf Man Jack, I guess. But uh, there you go. Oh my gosh! Yeah, this show and two drink minimum commentaries can both be found on legionpodcast dot com. Um, yeah, fleas and flicks happen first uh, weekend of December, so look for that. That's coming, and uh, more announcements to come for that as they arrive. I'll be setting up the event page very very soon. Uh, Twitter GW, Twitter Super Beefcast. Always support the great shows on Legion and Lee's show as well. And uh, the Legion Patreon, of course, if you guys haven't subscribed to that. I think it's low as $2 a month. Uh, any any little bit helps, so go 
support uh, the show as you're listening to the show shows on Legion mm-hmm. by going to go to donate to the Patreon. Very important stuff. Um, yeah, that's about it for this one. Don't know what we're doing next. I couldn't tell you. It's really in the wind at this point, so I'll have to see what the, the beef ladies are up to next week, and I uh, hope we could churn out something good for you. But uh, thanks for listening. And always remember, it's the Beef Podcast. If you got beef, we've got the grinder. I almost forgot my fucking call sign, see? <laughs> We're all professionals here, Gary. It's okay. Yeah. Yes. But uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Walking through forests of palm tree parts, man, it's scuffed the monkeys who live in their dark tents. Down by the waterhole, drunk every Friday, eating their nuts, saving their raisins for Sunday. Lions and tigers who wait in the shadows, they're fast but they're lazy and sleeping. Snakes in the grass He's a lover of life But a player of